Welcome to the Mental Mom Show. I'm Megan Farr, a therapist and mother of two by day, and a coffee-drinking ADHD maniac basic white girl. But most importantly, I'm the Mental Mom host by night. And I'm Casey Harper, the producer slash art director slash boyfriend and moral support slash whatever Megan needs. Casey Harper, how are you? I'm great, what's going on? Hey, we'll do your check-in in a minute, but first I want to say what our show's going to be about today. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited about it. You know how I get about cults. Religious and <laughs> yeah. extreme beliefs and how it affects our mental health. So before we get into that, because that's a kind of a deep and heavy um, topic, I really want to check kind in of. with you. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. You know, sex cults and abuse scandals. and But it really does have to do with people's mental health, so we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. All right. And no, I have never been in a cult myself. It's not like I'm a recovering cult member oh, okay. or leader. Oh, fooled me. Okay. So I want to talk about your cubbies. How are the Cubs doing? How's, let's talk about sports to like lighten it up a little bit. Oh yeah. Before we dive <laughs> in, lighten it up. Yeah, um, talk to me about um, your sports teams. The Cubs are doing really well, actually. Um, the bullpen seems to have turned around. I think a lot of that's because the starters are pitching deeper into games, oh, so God. we're not relying on them as much. Oh, okay. Um, I, right. Yeah, and we're hitting really well. I mean, they're. Javi Baez is... He's your guy, right? Yeah. Number one pick in my fantasy league. Oh, so you are doing fantasy baseball. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. The Amazing Omagos. Is that the name of your team? Yeah. Okay, because you also have me watching... Oh, what's the show you have me watching? The League. The League, yeah. I'm watching The That's League. Football That's fantasy. football. That's yeah. football. I knew about fantasy football. I knew about the brackety thing with uh, basketball. Right. But I didn't know about fantasy, fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball is a whole other monster. It's way more commitment because they play every day. Oh, Unlike yeah. football, where it's every week, once a week. Casey, how do you even get everything done? I don't. With all these commitments you have. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so, yeah. So, are you doing fantasy baseball? You uh-huh. are doing it? Okay. I'm winning. Good I'm job. First place. Nice. Knock on wood. Yeah. All right. And then soccer, you um, look mighty fantastic in your new Yamalinko jersey. Did I say it right? Yeah. Oh, close. Yeah. I think you said it right. Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko. Because you follow, and I now am following, the West Ham. Yeah, the Hammers. The Hammers, West Ham. So, yeah, I decided to get into soccer uh, to try to bond more with your family. And uh, your... your um, and my buddy. Uh, and Kyle, your Lindsay's yeah, husband. Yeah, Kyle's. Well, he's in the Bundesliga, which is German soccer. Oh. English Premier is what West Ham's in. So, right, English premiere. My brothers all follow it too. Right. So I got my friend Matt. He was. Hey, Matt. Yeah. He listens. Up? He was getting into soccer. So we talked about it. And then, like, all of your brothers are into soccer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to jump on the wagon with, you know, your brother's teams. So Matt and I were talking. And then I. De- he decided on West Ham, so I kind of just followed that. With and then Ham. this was like the first full year I've really paid attention to soccer. It's been a lot of fun. And in Indianapolis, we have a soccer team. Yeah, the Indy 11. Indy 11. It's like a minor league team, though. But it's they're fun. fun. Yeah, my five-year-old yeah. loves soccer. Um, so back to the teams really quick. What are Okay, my brother Pete follows... Tottenham. He's Tottenham. Him and Matt. He and my brother Matt. Yeah. But then your friend Matt. My friend Matt is West Ham. West Ham, yes. And Mike is Man U. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. Got it. Nailed it. Um, ladies, just saying, watching some soccer players, not a bad thing to do on a Saturday morning. It's because they're all like supermodels. They're, they're. I think you have to be a supermodel. Yeah. To be and their uh, hair a soccer stays player. Perfect, pretty much the entire time. Lots of product. Product. Lots of nationalities. Lots of. Um, and they can run for like 90 minutes straight and not get tired. Yeah. So they're it's, in peak physical I personally enjoy shape. it a lot more than football because I've never understood football. American football. American 
not football, but football. Well, I think, so I've had this discussion. Um, I think women might be more attractive to football. Attracted to, you because mean? Because the time is the time. Yeah, I can't deal and with sports there is time, some stoppage time. time where you may get like an extra five to six minutes tops. Right. So for like 90 minutes, you know, it's 90 minutes. And it's only As with football. I mean, that could, that's an entire day. A whole game lasts like three hours. Oh, at least. Sometimes more. Yeah. Same with and, baseball. I can't, I can't even. When they get into like 9, 10, 11, 12 innings. Well, it doesn't happen all the time, but whatever. I mean... Yeah. So anyway, soccer is, um, I'm, I'm enjoying watching that with you here and there. Okay. So I wanted to let you know that sports can trigger some aggression in people. No. Yeah. No I way. wanted to uh, I bring it around that. to a mental health issue. Um, knew we were going somewhere. Often displaced anger occurs toward the person who's in the living room watching it with you. You're really mad at the team. You mm-hmm. take it out on the person next to you. Sure. I just wanted to do like a public service announcement to not take out your aggression toward your team and what's happening on the television yeah. on the person who's in the living room with you. Yeah, it gets pretty intense. I mean, I'm There's not a lot of yelling. I'm not that way. Oh, you yell sometimes. I yell, but not at you. There's some gesturing that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, that's sure. a bit over the top, but no. it can get intense. I mean, I'm not that guy that's like smashing his tv no and no that would be swearing up and down it doesn't ruin my day like it it's a bummer but i get over it speaking of sports while we're on this what was that doc what was that documentary we just watched that was so good um, oh about junior Seau. yeah 30 and 30 yeah 30 um, for 30 30 for 30 on espn yeah that was really good i recommend that to anyone whether you're into sports or not because i like sports drama you know i like to yeah the behind the scenes stuff um, and that's a really good documentary about what happens to these football, American football player Yeah, with brains. the CTE and what it can do. Yeah. Football is like second in that documentary. Like they touch on his football career. But right. the m- large majority is about what happens to his personal life. And, and his personality and everything yeah. changes as this turns out. He does have the CTE. I can't remember what it stands for. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, brain disease that a lot of football players, I don't, I don't know if a lot, but... A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think now they're finding. There's a lot that have it. Okay. Anyway, we can move on now. Let's do your ripped from the headlines from the news desk, Casey Harper. Uh, so on March 26th, the BBC released an article saying that the male birth control pill is moving forward it passed the uh initial human safety test so we could have male birth control within the next like 10 to 20 years though so they still want to do a lot of research and test it yeah it was a really small um study it was only 40 people you said yeah it wasn't very big we'll post it on our facebook page so you can yeah there's there's 40 men that, that participated and 10 of the 40 took a placebo and then the other 30 took the actual pill um the main thing that they're having problem with that's they're working on is the um like managing how much because it stops like sperm development okay and so it's like having that like and then, like long-term effects of that yeah like the long and it's causing some like ed um erectile dysfunction i don't think casey wanted to say it so i'll just go ahead yeah. and say it um so not a lot of the guys in the study had that but it was something that came up and then also there's been some links to like depression and yeah. like two people reported that though i think right out of 40 out of the 40 so, so it's knows? definitely not big enough for conclusive and you know answers what? but what women have been through being on birth control yeah there are some that are that are great and they help with like acne or mood stabilizing regularity and with hormones <clears throat> things like that but there's also been a lot that women have gone through with sure. trying to find the right birth control so. they also i didn't tell you this um but they are working on a body gel. 
Oh, so like a topical they, treatment? Yeah, you rub on the back of their shoulder and it absorbs through the skin. Why the shoulder? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Are you not a doctor? No. I mean, don't I sound like one? Yes. Um, anyway, it helps... Uh, Men's Health Hour with Casey Harper. The testosterone production uh, reduces the sperm production... So it sounds like there's still a lot of, a yeah. lot of so research says, to be done. Yeah, so it says the gel uh, with replacement testosterone in the gel maintains sex drive and other functions that rely on the hormone. Um, that trial had 100 men. And okay. with what they, their study, their results found in the studies said that um, it's safe enough to move on to the next phase. Okay, we'll keep you posted so, for the next 20 years. On it may how not this be goes. a pill, fellas. <laughs> you may just be rubbing some gel. Well, then I think that they can do that back. for women, too. I don't know. I don't either. Your bodies are different, maybe. Maybe we could with start. The te- or the estrogen. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know how I want to start interviewing experts eventually? How's that? I want to like interview a scientist or a doctor or someone who can explain these things on the show yeah that would be nice yeah because reading this you know it's hard to put it into context some of it because i'm not a doctor so i don't know all the ins and outs of what it all means female birth control and the development of male birth control but thank you but thank you casey for keeping us aware yeah well the other part that they said women are kind of on the fence about men taking birth control for the fact that men remembering to actually take the pill or lying and saying that they're on the pill, which is kind of funny. Because that's what because, women, I mean, that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, how many women say they're on the pill and then they get you? Or how many women forget? Yeah. But you know what, Casey? You always take your fish oil vitamin at night before we eat dinner. I think you would be a good candidate. Uh, I mean, I remember when I'm at home. Like, when I'm here, I don't take it. I'm oh, at, yeah, I'm at right. your apartment. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Never mind. It's always at your place. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep everyone posted on that um, developing story out of the BBC. Yeah. The, I know everybody was really. I think people want to know the about edge that. Edge of their seat about male birth control. They are. People are. Okay. So I don't have a mental <clears throat> mom moment this week because I've been taking my meds and things have been going well. Isn't what? that funny? Yeah. Um, but I do have a high five moment I'd like to share. And it's really, it's not about me. It's about my daughter, my eight-year-old. I'm so proud of her. So I'm not, I don't want to like take credit for it because, you know, it takes a village. But you will. But I'll take a little bit of credit. Um, My eight-year-old started a club at school, she told me last week. A cult? Not a cult. (laughs) Isn't that funny, though, that it was the same week that we were going to do our cult episode? Um, It's called War. Women are responsible war oh, okay it is a club she's recruited about 10 to 12 other girls um a, a, she found out in one of her girl scout meetings that women make less wages or they make, they make more than cookies <laughs> i'm gonna slap you <laughs> um they make less still wage wise than men sure when she heard about that she didn't like it so she put together a club on her own, and they made. She brought home like thirty flyers that they made on notebook paper, that are like. It sounds like this is already getting a lot of steam. It is. It is getting steam. Um, she made herself president. Of course. Am I raising a cult leader? I think so. <laughs> sounds no, like she's it. an advocate. She's a community. That's what they all start. A community out as. organizer. Yeah. She's an advocate. Um, I'm proud of her. Until she gets her own plot of land. But can we talk about this? No, that's really awesome. War. That Women happened really fast. are responsible. How did that come up at Girl Scouts, though? Well, we just talk about different, like, female empowerment things or, um, I mean, it, it is true. Like, Yeah, I'm not we're probably talking about that career. it's not true. They, but They were probably talking about career. In a group of eight-year-olds, like, topic of discussion, I didn't. Well, that's why you get well, I mean, It being women's salaries. Well, it's about careers, and we do, I mean, I think that's a good thing to teach your yeah. daughter. I guess I'm just surprised at the, how young. Yeah. But. Because they're learning about different careers and, and things, you know. Yeah. In, in this stage, school agers, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. 
So anyway, I'm proud of her. I thought that was cool. Women are responsible. Yes. War. Are we going to get shirts? I think we should. We should. I think we should. So, proud so mama So what's moment. the next step in, steps in war? I don't know. You know, I'm on a Did very need-to-know basis with um, her projects, my daughter's projects, because she doesn't always want me oh. super involved. So how did that get brought up, though? Like, At how home? did she present it to you? Like, well, she on the just way came to school. Home? No, it was on the way to school earlier last week. She said, Mom, I think I'm going to start a club. And then she told me, like, her idea. And I thought, oh, that's cool. But then when she came home, So the same she did. day she had, the same day. like, ten people. 10 people and they had made 30 flyers she gets stuff done organizer she is an organizer and i'm proud of her that's impressive yes i don't think i could get 10 followers that fast (laughs) do we have like 10 people listening to our podcast i don't know hopefully (laughs) Uh, if you're out there hello we we do have how many downloads now like 735 i mean that's pretty cool i don't know exactly what that means but it sounds like a big number yeah I'll take it. I'll take it. Thanks, everybody. It keeps going up, so that's good. Yes. All right. Are we ready to jump into... Colts. Colts. Let's do it. All right. I became fascinated with Colts in... At Bible camp. No, in elementary oh. <laughs> school. Remember, I don't know if you remember because you're younger than me. David Koresh. Yeah, they got rid of elementary school after <laughs> you went through it. Um, David Koresh in Texas. Remember Branch Davidians. The Waco. The Waco, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that dude was weird. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw that on the news, and then I f- followed that. Wasn't that on your brother's birthday? It was. Oh. April 19th. Pete's we'll birthday. never forget. I think then there was another attack years later, the Timothy McVeigh. Oh, Oklahoma bombing. City. Oklahoma City was on April 19th. Hmm. Weird. How is that all connected? I don't know. Alien well, I know conspiracy. the OKC is connected to uh, Waco. the Waco. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to go down that rabbit hole one of these days. Okay. Yeah. So I began following. I just got really interested in how did this guy, like, convince all these people to do to buy I don't know, into yeah, it? Yeah, to buy into it. I just mm-hmm. got so interested. And so then, anytime there was like a cult thing on, you know, documentary or show or whatever, um, I would watch it. So, podcasting. You know, I'm obsessed with listening to podcasts. Uh huh. And so a few months ago, I listened to the Nexium podcast, and it's called Escaping Nexium. And Nexium is N X V I M. No, I think it's I V M. N X I V M. Okay, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, that doesn't even really spell anything. It really doesn't. It's very strange. Because of Vanguard. It's his own link. Well, go ahead. Okay, so get into it. <laughs> well, actually, do you want it? Because you were going to talk about it. So, give us the breakdown of the Nexium sex cult. It's just made news recently because um, he's the leader of. Yeah. So getting... Keith Raniere started this. It's kind of. In... I mean, it is really interesting because it it's uh, presented as a multi-level marketing thing, where people like spend money. They buy in, and he teaches you how to live your best life. Get to that next level. Get to your next level of not having these fears and, like, conquering mm-hmm. all these things in your life. But you have to pay money. Thousands. And then thousands of dollars, and they go on these retreats and all of these type of things. And then, of course, once you get in it, uh, you have to start recruiting people mm-hmm. and that's where the like multi-level marketing thing comes in. What's interesting is like with Amway, you actually, there's products that you get. Right. The product is Keith's wisdom. Right. And you're getting this wealth of knowledge on how to not live the terrible life that you're living right now. Or even just the okay life. Right. Well, and it's feeding off of like people getting complacent in their life and they they're wanting more out of life and they want to take like quote unquote that next step. Right. So in he, personal development. And yeah, so he gives this step to you. Um but anyway, so that's how it's presented and then when you get deep into it though, there's all of these like branches mm-hmm. that lead to other things inside of 
the the marketing but which it's... really just ends up leading to um keith's penis yeah because that's what's happened is he's somehow women are convinced to have sex with him they're brand, yeah. branded with and his then initials he, he gets well allison mack who is a famous actress supposedly i never really she was on like smallville i think yeah i know she was in a couple episodes of wilfred if you ever watched that show oh no um okay so what but anyway she's like give her any extra airtime her right she's like his right hand woman recruiter recruiter for the the sex cult part and um she's facing charges yeah she's in trouble too uh, for sex, he, I think sex trafficking. But what they would do is like, she would recruit a woman, and then to be part of this woman's society, mm-hmm. like inside of Nexium, uh, you'd have to like the red hat ladies, but with um, lots of sex. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't that they were all having sex, because like that's what it get the one woman. She doesn't sleep with him. That's right. But you have to like give up stuff that would be incriminating to you. Yes. That's how um, they get dirt on you. Yeah. You have to give them like all this dirt, like these secrets and, um, videotape yourself, saying videotape, it. uh, pictures of you naked collaterals, uh, with collateral. Them. Yeah. And so this, this, a woman would recruit another woman and that, like, woman B would have to answer to woman A. And woman A is called the master. Yeah, and that's the master. And then woman A answers to what we assume is Keith Ranieri. Mm-hmm. And so woman B has, like, a master and has to be, like, on call for her master, like, no matter the hour of the night. And you have to check in. You have to, like, do all this stuff. But the way they, like, pitch it, they it's it's not as bad as it sounds right when it's it just really, like having a mentor yeah it's i'm your mentor and you're I'm you know teaching you. i'm helping you get to this stage in your life right well this part of it is getting branded and with this symbol which if you look at it oh it's branded right above uh it's the pelvis area your pelvis area yeah your lady part um <laughs> pc right yeah uh so right. Um, you get this brand and what, how all this came out was there was a woman involved and she went through all that process and everything like her husband didn't even know about it and who was also in Nexium. That's how they met. Right. Um, but she like, she couldn't take it anymore. Mm -mm. It was like, and she goes into detail on, um, the podcast and the um, A and E show that yeah. we're gonna post. Yeah, and so it like mentally like messes her up to a point where she like actually like wakes up out of this coma, coma cult thing that she's been a part of, and it's just really interesting. It's really messed up for it is. sure. And so her name's Sarah. Um, she's basically the whistleblower who yeah. went to the, I think it was the New York Times or Washington Post told her story. Right. They published it, so it's out there. Um. And so I made some notes from when I was watching the, the podcast is excellent. Definitely listen to the podcast. After I listened to the podcast, it's all her talking, you know, she's being interviewed about Mm -hmm. all of this. I, I was sort of like, I was shocked, I guess, at her level of intellect and that she's such a type A motivated. She was already a very successful woman. Yeah, that's what's also strange about, about it is that. The large number of people in Nexium are already successful. It, it's almost like they're bored. Like they yes. they work, they've they, made money. They make all their money and they're not What's fulfilled. Next? You know, like because money's not filling that void that they thought it would. So they get sucked in right. to Nexium. It's like the, a lack of acceptance. They can't accept their lives the way yeah. that it is. Yeah. They're looking for more. Um, so that's where I get real interested is. As a therapist or like some like life coaches, we talk about personal development. So that term is a nice term, personal development. But these cult these cults take it to another level and make it into um, 
a bad thing when really like growing as a person is a good thing. Um, seeking mentorship is a good thing. But at some point, these, these cult leaders, these powerful manipulative people really abuse their power. And so as a therapist, we have a code of ethics um, which very much teaches that we do not abuse our, our position as a therapist because we can be um, influential in certain ways. And right. that's why there's really strict licensing laws and you're not allowed to just call yourself a therapist unless you're licensed because these cult leaders sometimes call what they're doing therapy mm-hmm. and it's, and it's like sexual, sexual things. So like from, so then when I watched, watched Sarah's interview on the A&E show, extreme cults and I think it's called it cults and extreme beliefs. One of the episodes is about Nexium. Sarah says um, both of her parents were therapists. So she grew up, she calls herself a seeker, like always seeking like that next level thing or like more like answers. So I started getting nervous, like, oh God, I'm like that. You know, I am a therapist. Mm -hmm. She says, she says, um, watch out for too many pretty people all in one place. And people who, and when they all look alike, these are like, things that she reflects on of they start turning into like robots robots yeah and attractive like why is everyone so attractive not you know that's that's in the nexium in the nexium world yeah. yeah so she says something along the lines of like a therapist might recommend something healthy like green tea for focus or maybe i don't know these are my notes i took um maybe i said that i can't remember but like a therapist would recommend green tea for focusing or send you to a doctor for a medication evaluation um keith would recommend he kiss you that would solve a lot of your problems vanguard vanguard he named himself that right vanguard yeah weird dude so then like she talks about these messages and this is another thing with cults that i've this is a theme they tend to be pretty patriarchal not all of them but this one um Keith, one of Keith's messages was men are designed to spread their seed. That's right. They're not meant to be monogamous. <laughs> oh my God. Women are designed for monogamy. Um, oh, and God. then preaching this women are the weaker sex. That's, that's a big message that, so you have these powerful women, like in society standards, these women who make a lot of money, who are powerful being degraded. Right. But it's like, they don't know it. That's what's so Oh, Keith calls it a, um, having sex with Keith, Vanguard, if you will, is a um, spiritual experience. And That's what I told you, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to slap you again for the second time. Just kidding. So then this show on A&E, Religious and Extreme Beliefs, they had a sociologist who specializes in cults. And she was explaining sort of the mentality be- behind how people get sucked into cults and why. And um, she talks about cognitive dissonance, which this is a psychology term. I'm going to read you the definition. Uh, In the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort experienced by a person who holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values. This discomfort is triggered by a situation in which a person's belief clashes with new evidence perceived by the person. So people get caught in that, and it's, like, too hard to change their belief system. And that's how they get sucked in? Yeah. Well, once they're in, I think that's how it's hard to get out, Yeah. too. Yeah, and that and that lady, she was, like, even shocked at some of the stuff that, was it Sarah? Yeah. Was telling? She mean, was, the sociologist? Yeah, was, she, yeah, she was just like, what? <laughs> On a few things. So we have these different organizations and churches and like even Girl Scouts, you know, that's not a cult. Um, Where's the fine line? You know, it's like, at what point does it start becoming a cult? Well, Sarah says, um, be skeptical when it's thousands and thousands of dollars to enroll in a personal development program. And I agree. I mean, there are some seminars and workshops and like, even like overnight trips that I've looked into for growth and you know, a couple, like, I just think if, if it's that expensive, what are you, what are you getting out of it? It better be a lot. You better walk away from that conference with a new life, a new life and something to show for those thousands and thousands of dollars. And then to be, it's the same thing with Scientology. Remember all the people talking about, um, 
thousands and thousands. I mean, like tens of thousands. That's what I, I just feel with Nexium and Scientology. I know it's not true, but I just feel like it's rich people that get bored. It, I mean, I wonder. It's like I have all this money. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. What's so my purpose beyond this? I'm going to just essentially throw away money to find these answers because my life is not fulfilled and then they get sucked in and then they get brainwashed and hardly any of them ever get out of it yeah and that's another theme is the brainwashing part starts with like sarah said she'd attend these events that just seemed like regular conferences or events you know Mm -hmm. like you would have in the business world and there's like lots of clapping and people are excited and they're on fire and like you know and it just gets you like plays on those emotions to get you excited and everyone seems so happy yeah all right so that is the first cult we were going to talk about yeah and like scientology he was like a science fiction author that's a whole other thing that one but it it just blows my mind it's in the amount of people famous people rich people that were i guess probably they would go after rich people too because they need money right in those kinds of cults it just, like, on the outside, you know, when you see all these things and you're hearing the stories, it's just kind of like, how are you guys? How is this happening? Well, it's it's like that in abducted in plain sight, kind of. Oh, yeah. Like, watching it. You're just thinking to yourself, these people are so stupid. But, but not all. Not all really. People. It's just. Well, those people were especially naive. In... Yeah. Is it? Is it? it I, naive is a better word than calling them stupid. Yes, but I agree with that. it's just you hear the stories, and when they come out and they, like that Sarah girl, like is telling her story, like she's waking up, you know. But it, it's just like holy crap. I mean, it's like with abusive relationships too. How some people are in unhealthy abusive relationships for so long. Before they realize it's not okay, what's happening. I mean, that's how powerful our our psyche, our the human yeah, or how condition, fragile it is. How fragile it, yeah, this cognitive dissonance thing. So another interesting episode on the A and E um, extreme cults and extreme beliefs. It's also on Hulu. It's on Hulu or A and E. They interviewed someone from who left the Je- Jehovah Witness. Um, religious religion. So most, I think Jehovah's Witness has mostly been called a religion until more recently. The, it's been, I don't know it's official how you officially become a cult, but it's been spoken of more as a cult in later, in, in more recent years. I think everyone's probably had their experience with the guys in the white button-ups with the short sleeve white button up shirts knocking on the door yeah spreading the message the watchtower message which is the name of their publication they put out so anyway this is a member of who grew up as a jehovah witness and then left the church she was sexually abused and so were a number of other it was a definite problem yeah and so it was so people would report it within the church will you report it to the minister or the um, deacon or whatever they call the leaders in okay. the church. And then it wasn't handled outside of that. So it was never reported to police to investigate. So they were just sweeping it under the rug? Yeah, handling it within their own organization. So you have all these men in charge. So you have these young women or young girls who are trying to report this. You can only, To report the sexual abuse, you have to go in front of a council of men. So it puts you in a position of even even less power. Right. So anyway, this woman's on a quest with some other people within the organization to bring all this stuff to light. And it's really powerful. She talks about how as a child growing up in the Jehovah Witness church, you know, you're, they automatically isolate you because you go to public school, but you can't participate in the holiday things. You can't participate in birthday celebrations. Um, you have to dress a certain way. So So right there you're isolated already. You're weird, you're different, you're, you know, yeah. pulled apart. Then everything is all about the end times and Jesus is coming and you don't want to be left here because horrible things are going to happen to you. 
you're going to hell. It's just fear-based, complete fear-based. Yeah, that's a, a lot of things are put in place because of fear. Armageddon, revelations. Um, Which, if all that stuff's happening, it's like, why do I want to stay? Or, what, you know, why would I want to stay after that? So is Jesus going to come and take them away? Yeah, if you're saved. If you if you stay oh, in the religion leave, and you're then saved. Then you're going to get left on earth. You're going to get left on earth. And die with the, the rest of the sinners. Yes, and, and horribly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this creates anxiety, right? Fear, yeah. Fear, anxiety. So as, as a therapist, I've over the years, I've had clients report abuse sexual abuse yeah different kinds of abuse happening within a religious system and it's swept under the rug and people don't believe them and it creates such dichotomy such anxiety because you're taught these are the leaders of the church these are the people that care about you they're your teachers your mentors but then they're also they being don't, hurt yeah and so how do you make sense of that well that that actually contributes and causes mental health problems major mental health problems so those innocent visitors who show up at your doorstep to try to sell you on the jehovah witness you know belief system. who else was a jehovah's witness who prince was he yeah how do you get away with that because i don't think they're into rock music because he's prince did he leave the church i don't know i just know i've read stories where people would like hang outside his house and he would invite them in and they would have like discussions and hang out with Prince, but he's Prince. He's so. Prince, so he can totally get away with that. So, when I was in fifth grade, my parents started attending a Baptist church, and so we obviously had to go too. And I did end up making some good friends. Which side note, this is so crazy. Just got back in touch with my best friend from childhood, from middle school. And on Sam. Hey, Sam. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, we haven't talked in like eight years, and we got reconnected, and um, it was like no time had passed. It was crazy. We yeah. were just acting like the middle, crazy middle school girls that we were when we first became friends. But anyway, um, I met her through the church, and so she and I actually just had a really long conversation about all of this, bringing up a lot of memories for me. When So my parents started attending this Baptist church. We start going, and the people were really nice. But then, like, I already had a lot of critical thinking skills instilled in me. And even though I was only in sixth grade. You're asking too many questions. I started asking a lot of questions. Things just weren't adding up to me. Like, we went to this summer camp our youth group did. And I think it was in North Carolina or South Carolina, up in the mountains. Our church wasn't as strict, but this camp, the camp rules were, were boys could wear shorts, but girls had to wear pants or dresses all the way to the to their ankles maybe maybe you could wear capris i don't even know if you could wear like below the knee you know those capris oh yeah i don't think so i mean nothing and it had to be loose it couldn't be fitted nothing gets me hotter than some girls ankles <laughs> let me so, tell you it's like 90 degrees and we're in the mountains we're running around playing doing all these things outside and i'm wearing jeans and the boys are wearing shorts and I'm like, this is not okay. So that was, but so anyway, that summer, at that summer camp, um, I hadn't been saved yet. That's where you say that you believed Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for everyone's sins. You have to accept him into your heart. And then that is how, you, that's your ticket to heaven. Right. Saying that prayer. Okay. Then you can sin as much as you want, as long as you ask for forgiveness. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in sixth grade. I... My camp counselor says, it's thundering and lightning. We have to walk from our our camp, our dorm, our cabin, uh-huh. to the dinner hall, which is like quite a walk, okay? My biggest fear is thunder and lightning at that time because I had almost been struck by lightning when I was in fourth grade. Did I tell you about that? No. Okay. My mom was taking my brother, I think, to tennis practice or something. I don't know. We were in the parking lot after some sort of sports practice. I'm standing by the car. My mom's standing by the car, and I'm pretty sure that lightning hit the car. Because it was like the biggest flash, the biggest boom. It terrified me. And ever since then, I've, I've, I'm better now, but I have real fear of thunder and lightning. I can't believe I haven't told you that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I've always joked that I'm like attract lightning. Because then, a couple years ago, I was driving home with the girls. We drive into my driveway, our driveway, 
and the lightning hit our house and the the uh, garage door opener mm-hmm. stopped working. It like exploded a little bit and it got, it was struck by lightning. So I think that I'm kind of electric. Okay. So anyway, back to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish everybody could see your sure. face right now. <laughs> like you might not believe me. <laughs> so it's my biggest fear, but this is my whole point. The camp counselor says to me, because they knew I wasn't saved, so I was a project. Okay, we're going to get her saved. Oh, yeah. Um, So she says, hey, you know what? We could get struck by lightning on the way to dinner, and you die, and you're going to hell. I was in sixth grade. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you know what I did? I got saved right there. Oh, I bet you did. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just repent when you're going to die Then all your other sins. That created such anxiety um, and then all of, so then we started going to this Baptist high school or middle school and high school. And I'm telling you the fire and brimstone fear-based bullshit, I will call it bullshit that they put us through. I don't know how anyone couldn't have severe anxiety disorders. We would watch these videos called the end times. And it was all about revelation. And so it was like nobody was allowed to watch rated R movies or like scary movies or even like PG-13 movies. But we were allowed to watch these teenagers who aren't saved, who get left behind and get their heads chopped off at the guillotine. It's pretty intense. Oh, it was horrific. Who, who was cutting their heads off? Satan's... Minions? Minions. Oh. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard of the Left Behind series that came out? It was a book series. No, I, I wasn't I'm glad you in don't that know religious this. circle, okay. so I wasn't uh, um, so, reading those. Uh, I was reading Boxcar Children. I love the Boxcar Children. Yeah, you know, Babysitter's Adventure. Club. But yeah, Hardy Boys, Nancy yeah. Drew. That's yeah. what I read before we went to the Baptist school. Oh. Um, but that's all secular and wrong. and you know. Well, I've already accepted the fact that I'm going to hell. Okay, well, I think that's just not necessarily true. No, I don't think that I am, but... The large majority of people will probably assume that I am, so. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not saved. You're so, not going to fear me in the lightning. And... The, there's just no way that that can be an okay, healthy way um, to raise your children and teach religion. It's not. Out of fear. You're getting a whole bunch of people who are operating out of fear. So that's how I was saved. Then I developed such a paranoia about... If I said the prayer right, did I say it right? Did I say it right? Did I really mean it? Oh my God, am I really going to go to heaven? Okay, you know, it just created this unbelievable anxiety that I'm finally out of. But I see it in some of my clients sometimes when in my office they are too afraid to even say what they're really thinking because it's a sin. It's a sin and they're going to go to hell. That's been my experience. So that's another reason why I'm really interested in these things. That's so wild. I mean, it's good to have faith. I think people should have faith in something and absolutely have that belief but i don't think god intended it to be that way well that's what's so so bizarre about it is he's supposed to be all-knowing all-loving all-caring and forgiving but it's not in a lot of instances it's not taught that way it's it is that fear but in the same sentence it's like but he's forgiving he's he's compassionate it's like well how can you be compassionate and loving and then you're putting all of this fear inside me that if i don't live this perfect life because nobody's perfect well that's my next you know? point and it's just so you look at you look at the catholics okay and there's other religious sects too but i mean the catholics so rigid and there's so many rules and impure thoughts and you know and it's like nobody can be that perfect yeah, that's a lot of pressure to it's put on It's so somebody. much pressure. So that brings me to my next thing, which is, remember that article? I, th- I posted it on Facebook um, about the the mom at, who wrote that letter to the Notre Dame. Oh, about the leggings? Yes. Yeah. I think this is a good example. Okay. So this, hopefully I can tie it all together because I know my thoughts have been all over the place. And now everyone knows about my lightning, my, my uh, electricness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As far as I understand mom this mom she has a couple of college age boys Mm -hmm. she's at notre dame game football game she sees these chicks in front of her they all have leggings on so their asses are right there okay so she 
writes this letter to the editor which of the Notre Dame newspaper, mm-hmm. student newspaper, and I will post that. We'll post that for everybody to read. Basically saying, ladies, please stop wearing leggings. You're making it really hard on men to not have impure thoughts. Right. That's a very simplified version of what she said. I mean, basically but basically what she, that's what, what she, she said. Yeah. That that they're that these girls are making it too hard on these men to not have impure thoughts. So where does where does that leave us? Well, let's talk about impure thoughts. Um, nobody cannot. I mean, it's impossible to not have impure thoughts. And are they impure thoughts? If you're admiring um, a component of someone's body, the human form, as long as you do it in your head and it's not out loud or making someone uncomfortable, that's not impure. Right. Also. I love Kayla. She posted on our uh, our from the motherboard. Love her to death. She posted on a response to the article and was like, "Well, what about all the men who walk around the beach with out shirts on? When men start wearing shirts at the beach, because you know women, we find that attractive. Then we'll then we'll stop wearing leggings." Good point. It's just very. Um, the way I look at it is, for every guy you see without a shirt on that's like ripped and has a six pack. I mean, you're going to see a guy that should have a shirt on just like with leggings. There's girls that wear leggings and then there's girls that shouldn't be wearing leggings. And Um, I don't know if you should say shouldn't be, because I don't think if it's your, okay. If it makes you comfortable, I get it, but they're not, they're not um, tantalizing to the male. Yeah. Which I don't even know. I mean, but you guys know what I'm trying to say. Like, like it's not always attractive, right? What people for what for what she's saying? It's like yeah, maybe the girls that were in front of her could give somebody impure thoughts, mm-hmm. but then there's other people that could be wearing leggings that can't do that, right? Right. So bring it around. And that probably sounds really sexist, but it's knowing your body, I guess, too. Wearing stuff that is for you, flattering. I guess you see like a big dude. Wearing really tight shirts, you know, and his gut's hanging out the bottom. Not cool. Like, just because, yeah, nobody's going to look at that and be like, oh, man, he's hot. It's going to be like, just wear stuff that is accustomed to your body, you know. This probably isn't making any sense. No, you're just taking it to a fashion, a place of fashion, which is fine. Right. You're, you're, because where I'm. Because the other thing they're talking about is like comfort. These girls that responded to the letter it Mm -hmm. was like don't try to tell us what we can and can't wear like it's our body we can do what we want with it which i'm all for Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying that as a man there are times when there's women in leggings to me that i'm just shouldn't be wearing leggings like i'm that's not giving me impure thoughts i'm just like please don't wear that because it's just not flattering to your body okay or you could buy bigger leggings that would fit your body. <laughs> okay. Because where, where this was going was it's making it the woman's, like, fault. our fault. Yeah. Because men men acting out on their, their impure right. thoughts, like, it's our fault for provoking that. Right. And that's not fair. No, that's not fair to women at all. You should be able to wear leggings and wear leggings. Like, mm-hmm. that's where it should end. Mm-hmm. And... As a male, it's like, yeah, you can look at that. And that's attractive, you know. Oh, she's got a nice ass. Let's be yeah. real. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, she's got a nice butt, mm-hmm. you know. But like you said, catcalling and yelling out to a woman because of what they're wearing, like, that's inappropriate. Like, that shouldn't be happening. Right. And it's not your fault for wearing that because some people are like, well, don't wear it because then you won't have that attention drawn to you. It's like no, I should be able to wear this without you being an asshole and mm-hmm. being inappropriate, shouting at me and telling me what you're gonna do or whatever. Right. And then you get to the next step where it's like the guys take it even further, even further, further, and like with I'm assuming what the mom is. I think she's just talking about impure thoughts, and that brings me back to the Catholics. This this notion that if you have these impure thoughts, it's gonna lead to sin. These impure thoughts, like. The amount of pressure that people put on yeah, each other. Yeah, it's impossible not to have those Because as soon as you start, because if you think about cognitive behavioral therapy, so it's the thought that 
it's a treatment, a therapy treatment where you identify the thought because uh-huh. the thought is what often causes the mood. Right. Okay. So identify the thought, but you're ta- we're taught not to label it. Don't label it as a good or a bad thought. It's just a thought. Put it away. Replace it with a positive thought. Or it doesn't. It's just a thought. Okay. And so when you put so much pressure on yourself to stop thinking, stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about that. Don't think about that. Instead of just, then you will have even more thoughts. So instead of just being like, oh, wow, nice ass, moving on. moving on. Right. Then it triggers like, I shouldn't have thought that because now I'm going to go to, like, now I'm just going to help. I got to go repent. I got to yeah. go tell the priest who's just a man. Yeah. Okay. Just a man. But yet they give him some supernatural-esque power, which right. makes no sense to me. Right. And I'm going to go tell him. I have to go tell him. I have to go repent. It just causes all this anxiety. I don't yeah. think God has a problem with us checking each other out and be like, oh, wow, nice face uh, or nice I mean, ass or nice boobs, if whatever. If we're all uh, supposedly, you know, created in his image, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be complimenting him Yeah. by saying, ooh, nice butt? Or yeah, and you know what? Even if you're nice married muscles. or you're in a committed relationship, if you look at, you sometimes can't help looking at somebody and be like, oh, wow, they're really attractive. You're not going to hell for that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's acting on it. Yeah. It's talking. I don't really want to know about it when you, if that happens and you see a hot chick and you think something, I don't need to know about it. Right. But it's not wrong. Right. This is my opinion. I don't, I mean, I agree with you. Okay. I don't think that it's wrong. That's what enters your head. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what, if it's just like instinct because, I mean, that's the whole point of life, right? Is to find a mate and then reproduce and keep the population going. Well, I going. think that's a question. And... I mean, is that the purpose? Well, that's what you would be told. In the within the religious, yeah, yeah, is that well, and you have to have more kids than the terrorists. You got to keep pumping out, pumping out Christians to beat the terrorists. Okay, have lots of kids. Yeah. So with that, it's like you you're you're made to be attracted to who you're supposed to be attracted to, right? You know, and well, it's like admiring flowers or trees or anything in nature. Well, and your whole existence is to reproduce. That's what they tell you, you know? Right. So it's like, how are you supposed to reproduce without having sexual thoughts? Right. Of what you want to, the fantasy of right. what you would like to happen with that girl mm-hmm. or with that guy. Right. Like, you know, cause that's what just instinctually is in us is because that's we're, we're animals. Well, we're here to procreate, procreate, but not to talk about it and not yeah, to think about it. Which is weird because it's, as humans, it's, not it's all, to me, it's all made up. It is. Well, there's and, all these interpretations of, of a book that was written a long time ago. I believe there are, I believe in God. I believe that there are things in that Bible that are truths and are helpful. And But yeah. when you look at all these religions who interpret it differently, and all these scholars who interpret it differently. And there's all these versions of the Bible. Like, who gets to decide what's right. what? Yeah, I agree. There's definitely things within the text that are great lessons, mm-hmm. great things to live by, you know. But, like, at the end of the day, it's just, you should just want to be a good person because mm-hmm. that's the right thing to do. Right. And it shouldn't be, I'm trying to be a good person out of fear i'm right. trying to be this image because if i'm not then i'm gonna get you know sent to hell right that that's not or I'm gonna disappoint that, that shouldn't be the reason you're trying to live a good life you should just be living a good life and being nice to people because that's what's inside you already right and that's what you want your life to be not this not based out of fear. Right. Like, I have to be a nice person or I'm going to hell. Right. You know? Be nice to people. Live your life. And you can think you can think all you want. You know, what you want. It's what happens is when you start saying some of your things that you are thinking out loud or acting on them. Right. Which is a whole other thing. Other thing, yeah. Being driven by fear and using fear to manipulate others. It's just not okay, and it causes mental health problems, anxiety, and depression, because you're never, you're always scared, you're never enough, you can never just accept yourself. You're always going to disappoint somebody, because um, nobody can be perfect. 
And they say they don't expect you to be perfect, that God will forgive. I don't know. That's where I get lost. Yeah. That's where it gets all muddied because God, that you know, one sentence, the same sentence, God's not perfect He and he's not judging. But if you don't act this way, boom, 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 then he's going to judge you and you're going to go to hell. After you just told me he's not judgmental. Right. So it's like very conflicting. Now I'm confused. Right. Now I have anxiety or mm-hmm. like I'm building anxiety mm-hmm. because especially being a child I can't to make sense out. of what you, I was just told because that's the other thing. It's like when you hear that, I think people instinctually are like some of this doesn't add up. Oh, they are. That's you the know? cognitive dissonance. Yeah, it's like this is this isn't it's not jiving right now. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. But let's clap and sing and be... Oh, love bombing. That's the word I wanted to... Love bombing. Yes. Okay. That's from a podcast um, called... It's about the Word of Faith Fellowship, which is a cult that has been facing charges for a while of um, abuse uh, to a minor. It was a case pending. There's a, But they're very entwined in that small... It's in North Carolina, I believe. Um Was that where you went to camp? Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh. Mm. It's all full circle. But anyway, um, check this podcast out. I'll I'll post it. It's on Pretend Radio. And this journalist, he's great. He um, goes goes and interviews people at, it's called the church, but it's a cult. Um, Anyway, he talks about how when you, because he's invited to go meet these people who are accused of all these terrible things, and it, when you meet them, when he meets them, though, he's like, everybody's so nice. It's like, like I'm getting hugs from my grandparents, and like that's how it feels, you know. Yeah. Just and he calls it love bombing, and so that's part of it is, you know, bring them in with the love and the caring and the, the charisma, right. and then once you got them, then you start manipulating them, right. So watch out. Classic. If anyone's nice to you, they're probably in a cult. Kidding. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what to take away from all of that's this. That's the big takeaway. Anybody that's nice is in a cult. And you know what? I've been blessed to meet people who are Christians who, in my adult life, who are very nice, normal yeah. people. They're out there. Yeah. I, they are out there. And I'm just so scarred from my experience that I, I just... Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's the small amount of crazy people that take it too far. You know, it kind of gives that stigma that that's how it all is. Especially like if the statistics right, 8.3 million uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I mean. But they're not all like that. I may have gotten some of the details wrong on these religious groups, and for that I apologize. In no way am I a, an expert on this stuff. I've just watched a lot about it on television right. and listened to podcasts. But I will post lots of stuff so you can read about it yourselves. Um, did we? What did we? Did we cover everything I wanted to cover? Basically, I just wanted to make that link between depression, anxiety. People say, "Oh, there's so much of it." Well, yeah, because for so long, no one could talk about it. Hashtag me too. Movements helped with that, with the abuse and things. Um, And then the Catholic Church scandal of sexual abuse. Yeah, they're finally getting... People are talking about stuff. They're due. And it's time to let go of all the secrets and fear and manipulation and guilt. Let it go. It will greatly improve mental health. On that note. That was a mental health bomb. Mental health bomb. Casey Harper, take us out. I'm out. I'm done. As always, thank you for listening. We love the support and we appreciate it. And if you like our episodes, please like, rate, share, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. Anything else? What's next week? I don't know yet. It's going to be a surprise. Oh, surprise for next week's I don't show. Know. But if you had anything you'd like to add or contribute, you can email us at thementalmomshow at gmail.com or like our Facebook page and reach us that way. Yes. The Mental Mom Show on Facebook.
that's it. All right, bye, y'all.